All right, everyone. Good morning. As you know, or if you didn't know, our uh, fearless rector is getting a suntan. He is uh, uh, returning from a cruise tomorrow and will be back on Tuesday. So we enlisted some of the best help there is out there to be with us this morning. This is Chaplain Ian McCarthy. He is an active duty chaplain over at NAS Jax. And he was also a close seminary brother of Joe and I's at uh, Trinity up in Pittsburgh. And he's a dear friend of mine. We were at each other's weddings. I was at his ordination. He came to Jackson Hole to have for a free place to stay and skiing uh, so we and our you know we've our, our wives are friends our kids love to hang out so he's, he's just a dear brother of mine and he will be leading our rectors forum this morning please welcome chaplain Ian McCarthy thank you father Trent um, I don't know about Joe getting a suntan, though. Uh, he might come back with a few more freckles. Uh, I love you, Joe. So glad to be here. Um, so this morning I wanted to look at our, one of our New Testament passages, which is not going to be read during the service today, if you haven't been to the service already, but is in our lectionary. So it's uh, 1 John chapter 1. Uh, but before we get into that, I'd like this, I was told this is a forum, so I expect this to be participatory. All right. And to sort of encourage some participation, I'd like to go around the room and I'd love for you to tell me your name, first and last name, please. And tell me, um, you have a choice. You can either tell me your favorite movie you've seen recently, or you can tell me how many years you've been a part of this church. Okay? All right. So my name is Ian McCarthy. Um, I actually was part of this church for a summer back in 2000. Uh, helped with a youth mission trip, and I was doing an internship with Susan Clater before she was the Reverend Susan Clater and everything. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a pleasure to get to be back in Jacksonville and to be with you all this morning. Uh, favorite movie that I've seen recently, I went and saw Chappaquiddick um, a couple days ago, just on opening day, and uh, I thought it was really good. It was really well done. Um, nobody comes out looking like a good guy in this movie. I mean, it's not, it's not a real political movie. Um, it's not, you know, a hit job or anything trying to get the Kennedys, but it just tells the story, and uh, it was really well done. So let's start over here where I was eating breakfast, and then we'll sort of weave our way this way. I'm in Alawa. I've been coming here a little over a year. 101 Dalmatians, but... All right. <laughs> I can only imagine. All right, great. Yeah, and it really was done very well with that music group. I've seen it. Beautiful, beautifully done. Beautiful, 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 beautiful,
Anybody knows of other movies like that? They're not scary? <laughs> Please let me know. <laughs> Joe Nitzi, I've been here 33 three, three years, and similar to them, you know, files and digital clicks, that's it. Mickey loves for but Jackie is my wife, and we've been here over 30 years, you know, in Disney movies, they bring kids. All right. I'm sorry, ma'am, I, I couldn't hear you. Pat Connor. Pat Connor, all right. And a movie that I've seen recently was a horror project. Was it good? All right. Excellent. Uh, let's do this table over here. I'm Sissy Barker, and uh, I saw I Can Only Imagine. Mm -hmm. and it's great. Yeah? All right. <clears throat> we, oh, I've been here 36 years. Gary Marks. Um, you're about 24 years. And this is going to sound a little bit. The most recent movie I've seen uh, that I love is called Age of Angela. I like that title. If you get a game, it's a little sci-fi. The love story with it. You know, it's all it's almost a chick book. <laughs> is is that the one where the where she never she doesn't age? She doesn't age. Oh, yes. Age of Adeline. 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 Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Angela. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yes. Uh, Tom Atkins, uh, my wife Charlene, has been here um, about 35 years. My favorite last movie was uh, the one about Churchill. Uh, the one where uh, Gary Oldman was the lead? Yeah, right. Yeah, I would agree with that. Same? What's your name, ma'am? Charlene. Charlene? All right. I guess I'm up to bat. I'm Larry Covington. Uh, I just did a quick count. I've been here 50 years. Oh, wow. Thank you. Uh, Jeff Renault, I've been here a year and a half, and I'd say Star Wars is the most recent one that I've watched that I've liked. Episode four, like the first one? I have no idea. You know, <laughs> which one am I watching? I don't even know. The Last Jedi? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Beth Lonsford, I've been here 12 years, and um, yeah, I don't really, I don't, it's hard for me to watch a whole movie. Yeah. So. All right. Joyce Piscalia, one year, and The Shack. Mm. I haven't seen that one yet. I'm looking forward to it, though. It's good. Larry Austin, less than a year, and uh, coming up on a year. And uh, movies, not my thing, really. Okay. <laughs> right. And I'm Louise Tews, and I've been here about 16 months. and. Uh, 
again, the movies I relate to were with the grandkids, and I think I saw E.T. about a hundred times. Dorsey Bates, and this is um, my twelfth year here, and uh, Shaq. The Shaq. Mm -hmm. Charlie Stewart, uh, been here off and on for about sixteen years. And the last one we saw was Notebook, which I did fall asleep. Did you? <laughs> All right. That was last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Katie Stewart. I love it, Katie. And we have been here about sixteen years because we were also part of St. John's, St. Patrick's, uh -huh. down the street from Sister Church. Um, yeah, and Notebook, one of my favorites, but I don't know all the dialogue yet. was on last night, so I couldn't resist. All right. You stayed away. Yeah. <laughs> Virginia Barker, and we are indeed working on our 60th year here. And not much has succeeded uh, the actual premiere of Gone with the Wind, which yeah, I uh, attended yeah, in Atlanta yeah. at, at a very young age. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> um, movies started downhill since then. <laughs> right. Do you remember that one having an intermission in the middle of it? It did. Yes, yes. 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 Um, when they burned Atlanta, I climbed under the seat. Otherwise, I'm told oh. I was pretty well paid. Wow. <laughs> All right. Wayne Plummer, uh, we've been here five years. Yeah, thinking about movies, I guess our go-to, my go-to is Remember the Titans. That's a great one. Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. Denzel Washington. Yes. I'm Mary Jo Plummer. I'm surprised you remember the movie because he doesn't like them. <laughs> um, we, the last movie I think we watched together was that movie Max where the, the, the veteran, the woman, comes back with the German shepherd. Oh, Megan Levy? Is that the one? It's a bomb sniffing dog? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That same actress was in that Chappaquiddick movie. She played Mary Jo Kopechny, yeah. Yeah. Mary Jo Oh, you Mary Jo, right. I'm Angela Boyd. I've been here about 16 years. It's so funny that Virginia said that because my dog wanted to see Gone with the Wind. It was on Amazon Prime. So Sally watched, we watched it yesterday afternoon. It's the first time Sally had seen Gone with the Wind. Now Sally's very much in love with Gone with the Wind. She's 14 and that's kind of the perfect age oh, yeah. to see it for the first time. So yeah. that's the most recent movie I saw was also Gone with the Wind. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I'm Rick Daber. I've been here 30 some odd years. Um, and I let my wife watch all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's her favorite one? Is there one that she talks about a lot? I don't know. Probably I don't know. I, I can't keep up with them. All right. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's uh, let's look at First John chapter one. That you did not see. That I did not see. That you did not see. I have not. I never heard of Paris can wait. That's a that's one that I usually don't like Woody Allen though. So, but I'll check that one out. It's, yeah, but it's, it's got a neat a Peugeot convertible, an older Peugeot five hundred four. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I spotted that immediately. I said, Cindy, look, it's an old Peugeot uh -huh. That's great. I'm looking forward to seeing the shack sometime. I read the book, um, and that actually, if you read the Notebook, it's a um, Nicholas Sparks book. It's really short. Like I, I read it in one day, and I usually don't don't do that. But uh, but you can you can rock through it pretty quick. And it, ha it has a different ending than the movie. I'll leave it with that. But um, but yeah, it's uh, movie is very emotive. You know, kind of that love story. Anyway.
All right, so 1 John chapter 1. Uh, so I'm just going to read through it, and then uh, this is going to be interactive. So uh, anything that you see in, in this passage that jumps out to you, please, uh, please share with the group. We'd love to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to us uh, today. I've got some thoughts on the different verses, um, and uh, we'll just go from there. Okay? Uh, if anyone wants a copy, they're on that, that table that's closest to the door. All right. 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at with our hands, have touched, and, our, and at our hand, and which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared; we have seen it and testified to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life, which was from which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also. Have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, upon, upon this reading and hearing of Scripture, was there anything that particularly stood out to you uh, from this passage? I just have a question because uh-huh. I'm not a, a Bible scholar, but this is 1 John, and I just finished reading the other book of John. Mm-hmm. So is this, this is a different John, correct? I'm just going to write this up here. 1 John, 1 John. Thank you for your question. We'll get to that. Okay. Great. Anybody else have anything that stood out to you from this passage? Just that the translation is a lot different than, than we're used to hearing, I guess. What, what parts particularly? Just the, the first three or four verses. You know, where all the words get twisted up here, they're still twisted up, but they're just different words. Okay. Any, anything in particular that... Is this well, t- it's I'm just always used to hearing, you know, in the beginning was the word, and this doesn't start that way. You're right. It does not. All right. In the beginning. All right. Anybody else? But to me, it's kind of amazing how many of the verses are incorporated in our daily prayers. Daily prayers, okay. So you mean our, our Eucharistic liturgy? Yes. All right. I'll put... Uh, BCP, Book of Common Prayer, uh, Liturgy. 
Right. Anybody else? Anything about the content of the passage that, that stood out to you? Was there anything in here that you, th- you thought sounded particularly good? That you thought maybe was good news? Yes. Yeah, yeah? All of it. All of it? Okay. And actually, the, the part that apparently this writer has seen the risen Christ, and he's testifying to it. So I, I really like hearing a first-person account. Now, how, what makes you know that he's a first-person Witness. Because he, he uses we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you. So he's indicating that he's actually must have had some contact with the risen Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in verse 1 even, he says, we have seen with our eyes, yes. right? And our hands have touched, right? So very, very uh, multi-sensory, specific He's showing that he is an eyewitness to what he's talking about, right? All right, anybody else? I like the, com- I like the opposites, light and dark, sin and forgiveness. Okay, yeah. all right, opposites. Yeah. So, uh, light and dark, and sin, forgiveness. If I, if I were going to use a word to describe that, I would say the absoluteness of this. Okay. Uh, say, say a little more about yeah. that. But well, it's not light. Well, it's light and dark. Yeah, it's this or that. No gray. Yeah, there's, there's no gray here. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that. So it's, uh, it's not really up for discussion. It's just kind of, there, there it is. Here it is. Absoluteness. I like that word. I knew you would. That's why. All right. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Um, it seems that um, John is saying, unlike Paul, he's saying that we have to walk in the light in order to be purified from all sin, which is somewhat different than what we've been studying, that belief in, in Christ is sufficient for salvation. It seems like there's a, to me that there's a little bit different message there. That you must walk in the light, have fellowship with one another, and then you are purified from all sin. Very good. Thank you for bringing that bringing that point up. And on that, maybe it's because Paul's kind of telling you how to get there, and then once you're there, then John's kind of explaining to you once you get there, then you just can't be part of the world. You have to be aware of. The mm-hmm. fact that you're a and yep. that you have to constantly walk in that grace and forgiveness and confess your sins. Yes. Just arrive and you're done. Which is what I thought as a new Christian. Right. At first, I'm like, all right, I'm done. And then I realized there's more to it than just going to heaven. And that led to this whole. Right. Some people call that uh, fire insurance. That you're just you're using Jesus as this fire insurance policy so you don't burn in hell forever, right? But, uh, but there's more to it than that. Right? Yeah. Certainly that's not the way the apostles lived. That's not the way that the early church experienced the gospel. Uh, they didn't say, all right, now I'm, I'm done. Let's go, let's go watch TV or let's go fishing or whatever. They, no, they, they spread the message and they, they got busy uh, living. Yes? Um, well, in our collect for the day, uh, it said if we're in Christ's body, we must show forth in our lives what we profess by our faith. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and that's the, and the collect is is related to the readings of the day, so that's that really makes sense that that would be there. Um, Walk in the light. I'll just add a little star to that one because that's definitely a really good point. All right. Well, I just want to go through a couple of these real quick. Um, so great, great, easy, easy, easy oversight to make is when someone says to open up your Bible to First John to actually end up at the Gospel of John. All right. So in the New Testament, uh, there's many authors. Uh, Paul wrote a lot of the books of the New Testament, but Luke actually wrote most of the New Testament, more than anybody else, because he had the Gospel of Luke, as well as the whole book of Acts, which is very long. Um, but the Gospel authors, some of them also wrote, or John also wrote some epistles. So this is John the Apostle, who's writing the, the, John's letters. So you've got the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you've got 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, right before the book of Revelation, towards the end. Okay? So it's easy, easy to, to end up in the wrong spot if you're just sort of flipping through and you find the word John, right? So always be aware of that. John's letters are short. They go from uh, John 1, which is five chapters, John 2, Second John, which is one chapter, and Third John, which is really short. It's only 24 verses, 20, 25 verses. Um, so Third John, really short. But First John... Um, it's not a gospel presentation. It's not the, the words, uh, the life of Jesus. It's a theological treatise on what it means to follow Christ. And John is writing a letter to the church um, so that their joy may be complete, right? So they might understand, as we, we heard in the gospel today, who Jesus is and how he might bring life everlasting. So easy, uh, easy thing to make uh, in the beginning. That's the beginning of the gospel of John. So John chapter 1, so right? I thought it was just a weird translation or something. Thank you for noticing that, though. Uh, so, and in that, John is harkening back to the beginning of the Bible and the beginning of Genesis, which starts out in the beginning, right? In the beginning. What, what, what's next? In the beginning, the Lord created heavens and the earth, right? All right, so it's... Uh, all right, so anyway, we'll just keep going. So yes, uh, Book of Common Prayer... Um, almost every word of the Book of Common Prayer is from the Bible. So if you ever worry about um, you know, memorizing Scripture, you, you have memorized Scripture. If you've been an Episcopalian for any time at all, you have memorized some Scripture. So um, this is one that we say, uh, this is one of the comfortable words um, in, in the right one Eucharistic prayer, where it talks about, uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, verse 9. Uh, every, every Sunday we say that if you come and attend a right one service. Uh, or if you're, from what I understand, you know, Episcopalian before 1979, that was kind of, there was no right one, right two, it was just the Eucharist, right? And that was a part of it. So, uh, so th this is, that's one of the reasons why it pops off the page to me. Um, uh, you know, all of Almost all of the litur liturgy is from Scripture. You know, the Thomas Cranmer, who wrote the first prayer book, you know, he, uh, he really modeled it after the Catholic Book of Common Prayer, you know, Catholic Missal. But he, he wanted to really get to the original text. And so he took things out of Scripture and put them directly into the liturgy. Um, it's piecemeal. It's all over the place. But the more you study Scripture, the more you'll see um, where it comes from in different places. All right, eyewitnesses. Why is it important that we have an eyewitness account of, of Jesus at the gospel? It's not hearsay. It's not hearsay, right? 
It's not a myth. These are not, we're not talking about the gods of Olympus or like some epic poem by Homer, right? This is, these are eyewitnesses of things that actually took place at a time in history. Uh, have you ever met somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus or who doubts scripture? Yeah? Yeah, that's very common. It was common in this day too. Uh, you know, does the Bible really say that or is the Bible really true? That's the, that's the big question that culture and society at large has about the things that we profess as followers of Christ. Is the Bible really true? Did this really happen the way the Bible says it does? Well, I believe that it did. And I believe it did because of the eyewitness accounts, because of the uh, collaboration with other extra biblical sources that's out there, because of pagan historians like Josephus who even wrote about Jesus. We know that Jesus was an actual man in a time and place, and, and we, we can believe the things that he wrote, that his followers wrote about him because of the eyewitness account. Um, opposites, we'll, we'll talk about that as we get into the text a little more, and the absoluteness and walking in the light. Any other thoughts before we, before we look into the, the passage itself? All right, I'd like to just uh, sort of give you a little outline of this passage. You know, when you were describing how it's kind of confusing uh, using different words, I got a little bit tripped up when I was reading it. <laughs> um, it. It can be hard to read this type of scripture because it is so theologically dense. Um, there may be some lost in translation in that, uh, you know, this was written originally in Greek and maybe to Greek ears it might just make a little bit more sense, might be easier to listen to. Um, or maybe, you know, ancient Near East listeners could listen to longer sentences and, you know, keep track. Um, but I get a little bit confused uh, when I read a passage like this because of what, what John is trying to get across um, in, in a very short amount of time. But verses 1 and 2, he starts out by giving some foundational facts. Write that up here. Verses 1 and 2. So some foundational facts about uh, about this message. So he that which we have heard that which with, ah, sorry that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. So again, that eyewitness testimony. Verse two, the life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. So what is it that he's proclaiming? Christ. Christ. That, that uh, the eternal life is the word he's using there for Christ. It was with the Father and has appeared to us. So Jesus describes himself as the way, the truth, and the life, right? So this is not out of character with, with Jesus to describe him in this way. Um, he talks about testifying to this life that he has that has appeared to him. What does it mean to testify to something? Any lawyers in the room? What? Somebody testifies? What? You're giving the account, right? Yeah, you're, you're as, an, as a witness, as a witness, you're giving your account of what you have seen, what, what took place, right? So testifying to it. All right, so verse three and four, it really deals with everyday experience. Um, would somebody stand up and read verses three and four to us, please? Thank you. 
we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes? That whole first. He keeps referring to we in Devin's. He is writing that. <coughs> so he's including all the other apostles, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, I think. So he's writing on behalf of the church, right? So this is uh, certainly not a uh, solitary experience that he's had. Um, you know, Paul does talk more first person. You know, he does have that one-on-one encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Um, but, uh, but yes, he, he's definitely talking to the collective here. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about everyday experience. This, this proclamation needs to be one that, uh, that goes through our, our whole lives and the fellowship and the daily fellowship. Um, and that uh, this fellowship was with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ, we write this to make our joy complete. Um, the joy which they experienced at that, that resurrection appearance of, of Christ, they want that joy to be complete um, by, by sharing it with others. All right, so verse 5. This is one of the key verses of this passage here. Uh, verse 5 deals with the content of the message. Can I get somebody else to read for us? Actually, you don't have to stand up. Just read in a nice loud voice, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. All right, so God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Now that needs to be unpacked a little bit, right? So we, you know, the mystics, people of other religions, they talk about darkness and light. Um, It can be a metaphoric for, for good and evil. You know, the Eastern, you know, concept of yin and yang, right? That, that could be what he's talking about here, right? Well, we'll, we'll see as, we, as, he, as he continues on that that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a specific life, a specific eternal life, and a specific, specific light. So the content of the message, that God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. All right, so verses 6 and 7, could somebody read that for us? If we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie, and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. All right, so here he's answering the question, or the claim, that, that sin doesn't really matter. Right? That, that thing we talked about earlier about fire insurance. You know, we, we all want to walk in sinfulness, don't we? We want to live the way that we want to live. You know, whatever feels good, whatever tastes good, whatever's good for me and my family, you know, we want to, we want to do those things. Um, that's the constant temptation and the constant draw away from the gospel, away from obedience to Christ. Um, does sin really matter? You know, if God is powerful and he offers us grace, does it really matter if we sin? What, what does John say about that? Yeah, you're, you're claiming falsehood and, and life is not living, or does it say life? Um, you're not living by the truth. We lie and do not live out the truth. Yeah, yeah. And we're denying having the light inside of us as well. 
All right, now this next part gets, a the reason I'm diagramming this is really for this next passage here. Uh, it's a little bit, a new way of understanding it that I wanna, I wanna share with you. First we're gonna read uh, verse eight, then we're gonna read verse 10, and then we're gonna do verse nine. All right, and we're, verse eight, is gonna talk about sinful nature. And then verse 10, we'll deal with sinful actions. All right, somebody please read verse 8 for us, nice and loud. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. All right, back to this absoluteness. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Even, even the little babies that we bring home from the hospital who are so cute, and just so wonderful, and you just want to snuggle them all day long. They're sinners. We're all sinners. We have a sinful nature. If we claim to not have sin, there's no truth. The truth is not in us. All right, verse 10. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Right, so it's not just our nature, not just being without sin. We all have sinned. So we, we are sinners, and we have committed sins. Probably wouldn't take too long to think back through just the morning and think of some ways that you've sinned. I know I, I can write out a long list. Uh, if you're ever wondering uh, what your sins are, um, ask God. He will reveal them to you. He really will. If you sit down, you pray to God, and you say, God, what are the sins I need to confess today? You have a pen and paper? He'll show you. He really will. And why does he show us our sins? Why does he want us to, sh to show us our sins? So that he can deal with them. And we're going to see how he deals with them in just a moment. So this is the God's way of answering the sinful condition that we find ourselves in. Yes, sin matters. Yes, we are sinners. We all have sinful actions. But then verse 9, we're going to talk about uh, God's way, which talks, deals with these things. We're going to talk about divine nature and divine actions. Verse 9, somebody please. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. All right, so where is, where is the divine nature in that, uh, in that sentence? What, what, is, what are the words that describe who God is or his character? Faithful and just. That's right. He's faithful and just. And what is it that he does? What are the things that he does? He forgives and, and purifies, or cleanses. Some translations say cleanses. So God deals with this through himself. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, will forgive us of our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that good news? Isn't that great that God does not leave us in our sinfulness? Isn't it wonderful that that little baby that we could bring home from the hospital, who's so, you know, fresh and new and smells so great, can still be forgiven of his or her sins, can still be cleansed from unrighteousness. Now, we have to, we have to um, train that baby to, to do that confession, right? We have to train them to, to come to church and train them to recognize God as Jesus as Lord and Savior, but, uh, but that's, that's our task as parents and grandparents. 
So God reveals his nature to us, his faithfulness and his justice. He doesn't just let the sin stay there. He doesn't just brush it away. No, he, he takes it upon himself. He takes it upon himself. Jesus on the cross takes that sin and he deals with it. His death, his poured out blood on the cross pays the price for our sins, pays the penalty so that we don't have to. And so we can be brought together with God and live eternal life. Even as adopted sons and daughters, we get to be brothers and sisters with Jesus, part of his family. And that is the good news. I know uh, since Father Joe has been here, you've been hearing about the gospel. Yeah. Yes, yes. He, he, he talks about the gospel a lot. Well, that's, I mean, I understand that too, that the chief job of a preacher is to proclaim the gospel. And, and really all of scripture is pointing to the gospel. So to find ways to, to proclaim that. Um, this here is, this verse 9, is a very concise um, proclamation of that gospel. Any, uh, any comments on that or any other thoughts? No. Yes? The first four or five words in that, verse 9, if we confess our sins, mm-hmm. so we've got to acknowledge them and receive forgiveness. We do. We do. Yes, that's right. We, uh, well, it's, uh, it's conditional, isn't it? Right. That, but with such a great gift of grace and mercy that's available on the other side of that confession, who, who would want to hold on to your sins? Right. I mean, once you see Jesus for who he really is, I mean, it's an easy choice. It's, you're almost compelled to, to confess and fall on your knees before him. And, and worship him. Um, and so that, that forgiveness and cleansing can be yours. And that's yeah. just what Jesus said in the prayer. Which prayer is that? The Lord's, the Lord's prayer. prayer. What we call the Lord's prayer. Uh-huh. Forgive us our sin as we forgive others. Yep. Yeah, Jesus commanded us to be forgiving as well. So we're, we're called to seek forgiveness. And confession is how you seek forgiveness. But we're also commanded to be the most forgiving people on the planet, really. You know, we need to be in the business of forgiving. Uh, we, don't, we don't talk about that a whole lot because <laughs> it hurts. It's difficult. We don't want to forgive, but, but that's what we do. I mean, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, trespassed against us, that's what we need to, to be about. Now, please don't get um, pharisaical with this. Don't, don't be too focused on the if-then. Um, I mean, you can be... You can turn this into like a, a legal club to, to beat people over the head with, you know, especially with your own children. You know, you need to confess. You know, uh, no, we, we train them, we nurture them, we model with our own lives, first of all, uh, our own confession, um, and, uh, and we just pray for those who, who still need to. All right, we're going we're gonna to deal with our last two verses um, very quickly because it's almost time for us to go. Uh, somebody read verses 1 and 2, please, for us. Chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. All right, thank you. So 
chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Christians know who Jesus Christ is. They know his nature. If we, uh, if we claim Christ to be Christians, to be little Christs, disciples of his, and we don't know who he is, then we've got some work to do, right? So John is talking about how we need to know who Jesus is, and we need to know what he did. Christians know what Jesus Christ did. Our passage ends with, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, that being the one who forgives us of our sins. He is the means of that forgiveness. And it's not just for ours. He's writing to a Jewish audience here, but for the sins of the whole world. For the sins of the whole world. For people living in suburban Jacksonville in 2018. For children yet to be born. For people living in, in Mongolia, in Africa, the whole world. And for the Jews. They're, they're included in that too. So, uh, I'm going to say a, a closing prayer. Thank you all so much for being here with us today. And uh, it was a pleasure to get to, to spend some time with you. Thank you. Thank you. Let, let us pray. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for uh, this opportunity to study your word. We ask that um, as we dive deeper into understanding the book of 1 John, that you would just open up to our, our, our minds, that you would illuminate our hearts and our, just our very spirits to encounter you all the more. Lord, help us to know deep in our hearts that you are faithful and just. Lord, help us to confess our sins so that we might be forgiven and cleansed and purified from all unrighteousness. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen.